find something to spit the audio file out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I try to like, work really hard the first half of the week and then Thursday, Friday, just taper off and then Friday I try to focus more on the book and other stuff like that. Oh, you got to spend that much time on it. Yeah, I'm trying to build like a website for it. Ah, cool. What are you using? Yeah. Shopify. Shopify, Shopify. Oh, yeah, cool. So it's got like a a fulfillment system where and a payment system where people can place orders for the book and I can get notified of the order for the book and then I can process it through Shopify and get payments and stuff. Cool. So I've like, so I figured out how to, and then so I figured out, it's a bit, I know it's ironic selling it, this the book as an ebook, but I figured out how to get it as an ebook and then you buy it as an ebook on the website. It sends you an email with the ebook in the email. You download it from the email and you sort of, the whole, the whole, I guess, ebook process is now finished. So, like, you can buy the ebook on the website. Oh, cool. Like, just automatic. Yeah. So, that's, that's good. And then I got to figure out the, the physical book process a bit more. And then just, I think, just work on the website a bit as well. Um, but yeah, the book's taken a long time. Just like format it and, check it and there's little mistakes here and there all the time and so 80 percent's enough yeah i think i'm just sort of there at this stage like as long as there's no glaring fuck ups then you know you read a, a sentence three or four times as long as it makes sense the first time it doesn't need to be perfect but like the fifth time right like you kind of question yourself a thousand times about it you can't i'm hearing a reference somebody they designed like the um the perfect seat for the average person and it didn't fit anybody <laughs> so I think like the more and more people you get involved, the more people you get looking at it, just the more fucking people have their uh, lovely to put their input in. Yeah, and it's always valid, but you can't make everyone happy, and it no. just ends up yeah, taking forever. And that includes yourself, I think. Like often the harshest critic is you can just never release it or put it down. I think that's even a better way to say like putting it down, like yeah, just, the release. Just saying it's finished. Yeah. Um, I think I'm totally there. I don't want any more feedback on like this sentence could be written a different way. Like if there's a glaring typo or a word missing, then like, yeah, I want that feedback. But like, yeah, I'm just happy. Yeah, so it's just trying to leave it best I can. But to your point, like I was editing it yesterday and I was like reading a few sentences here and like, oh, it doesn't sound right. I'm like, fuck, I've got to stop this. Otherwise I'll just do this forever. Like yeah. edit it over and over again. And so anyway, it's, uh, I think it's effectively done. So dad had a read of it and then um, now it's on. So I've used Ingram Spark, which we've heard of them. It's no. like a, it's just, it's just a, it's pretty good actually. So they, they had a promotion where you could add the book for free onto their website and they've like a book building tool that's actually really useful, kind of format it all for you. And then you just do a bit of work on, on sort of tidying it up. Um, and then you can build the cover and all this sort of stuff. And that was all free to use. And then I just pay for a book. And if I get, if I get 10, for one book is 20 bucks, but that's because the shipping's expensive. So if I've got like 10 books, 100 bucks, it's like 10 bucks a book. Great. Which is right. Yeah. And I could probably get rid of it at 15 or 20 bucks. It just, so, yeah. That's so good for convenience and just, yeah. Sorted. Yeah. Just, and you just like, you put the order through and then it took a week for it to come. And that was like without any priority on it. So that's pretty yeah, good. It's so sorted. And like, uh, that's the way to start too, isn't it? It's like a minimum volume. You don't mind the, the cost ratio isn't, isn't great, but you know, whatever, as long as you don't add a massive deficit, if you ever come down to it, you can always look at, um, 
like upping the scale massively. Yeah. Well, they do offer like distribution networks. So, for example, the ebook will end up on Amazon eventually. Um, but then I would make like three dollars on that versus if they bought it on my website, I make ten bucks. So you can sort of, you, but then you can enable and disable what, how you want to distribute the book. So it, they're quite good. In, you can sort of restrict it. So I could maybe like let the ebook go out to wherever I want it to go, but then the physical book, I might restrict it. Okay, if you want to buy the physical book, then you could have to go to my website. And and then that way I make, again, the physical book, I think I think I make, yeah, four or five bucks in the physical book at the end of the day. So I much rather, and that's it, at like a $25 retail price. So I'd much rather try to sell it at 20 and make 10 bucks on it kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think you want to have as little touch as possible. Like once it's all online and yeah, it's available, like just yeah, as little touch as possible. You want to wake up you know, once a month and check the bank account and see a couple hundred bucks in there and be like, sweet, yeah. and just walk on with life. Like, no admin, next project. Surprised that the overheads on like just little like platform based stuff. So, Shopify costs, I think, like, I don't know, 20 bucks a month. Google yeah. costs 15 bucks a month. Uh, and then you need, I've realized I need like a, a billing address. So like when you send an invoice for Shopify, Shopify uses your address. Like, well, fuck, I want everyone to see my home address when I send them an invoice. Mm-hmm. So then I need either a PO box or a virtual address. To get a virtual address, then I need that 60, uh, 50 bucks yeah. a month for a virtual. And fuck, I'm in like 100 bucks a month before I know it. And then it's like, well, I've got to sell, you know, 10 books a month to like break even on like, uh, on like my hosting. Crazy, right? Stuff, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's, have you set up the uh, Google business email as well yeah, yeah so i've done yeah. that that's Which like is a mission with, with um, <laughs> that's with this sort of like this google meet subscription has the david at glowface.com and then i had to fucking had to buy an isbn which cost like 80 What's bucks that? had to buy What's uh, that ISBN? like uh the book number the international book registration number uh-huh. um i had to buy the domain that costs I think 50 bucks or something like it's just oh, it just adds up so quick <laughs> but, that's crazy ryan but yeah i think i'm just sort of into it now i'll figure it all it's, it's done i'll give it a run for six 12 months and play with it online and see if anything happens from it and give mm. it give it a shot and at least i'm not like, locked in i think any there's no long term like a hundred dollar overhead is not a big investment problem yeah you exactly know, a potential yeah. outcome um and you know it's a product you've already created a hundred bucks overhead is uh you know it probably i mean you don't know how it was going to look because you haven't market tested any of this yet um so you don't yeah. know what to expect it could spike in a year or two or become popular you know five years later yeah that's um, true right finding a way to make it sustainable and exist without having yeah. to because like you said like if you just put it on amazon or somewhere else like you don't have to deal with all the hosting and straight from your website and once you um yeah you can start figuring out where the costs all line up yeah yeah no it's um it's getting there i thought um so i thought about today i'm gonna yeah. sort of drop a topic on you um so i know you've read this book oh yeah you're walking and um i re- reread it earlier this year and there's a chapter in the book about the cynic um and i think the cynic i'm gonna butcher this description uh, yeah, the, the the cynic, I suppose, is is a thought, a school of thought, and you probably know better than me. Um, you see, the term cynic is derived from the Greek noun 
Kunos, meaning dog. It's designated a character whose mode of behavior is very rough. He spent his time hanging around crowd and denouncing the world's hypocrisies. This is remote from the modern sense of cynicism, which signifies an attempt to extract the maximum profit from a system without regard for the most elementary human values. And the way he sort of describes a cynic, I guess, is someone who kind of just pushes away from the world a bit. Um, and he kind of links in the idea of a cynic to someone who's, you know, an avid, an avid walker, like, you know, just sort of being quite free in that sense when you're walking as a, with a cynic's mindset. Mm. And But the point that sort of stood out to me was, I guess, this sort of the approach from the cynic towards, and I'm going to use the term consumerism because it's easy to describe it. Um, and he says this, so there's this sort of Greek philosopher who talks about cynicism, uh, Epictetus, I can't say it properly. Yeah, yeah, I always call him Epicurus. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a theory of philosophy. Yeah. So he said, he, this is a quote, and I think this summarizes the whole cynic, the cynic idea well. He said, behold me, I have neither city nor house nor possessions nor servants. The ground is my couch. I have no wife, no children, no shelter, nothing but earth and sky and one poor cloak. And what lack I yet? Am I not untouched by sorrow, by fear? Am I not free? And I thought, like, it was such an interesting idea for me in thinking about when you start to come down to what is essential like a lot of this book he talks about like what are you what is essential in your life and what can you when you cut away cut to the cut away the fat if you will but the whole i think the cynics approach is really like it's quite extreme in terms of cutting away the fat like you know there's no he's got no possessions got no home he's sort of free but i think that concept that okay once you give up everything that you don't think you actually fucking need then how much freedom is found in simplicity and i think we i've certainly been caught up in all right what's the next thing that i'm going to buy or even like due to the house and like we bought the house and i was like i want to rent away i want to change it i want to do all this shit to it and then you know how much that complicates life when you are trying to get more and do more and have more possessions and i guess sort of buying that consumerism mindset and i thought like how how freeing it is to give up on what you think you want mm. and, and i think that for me was really challenging i think is, is in terms of what you think you actually need versus what you, what you what is rudimentally actually what you really need to get by to be a happy person um and and for just been like little decisions the last few months i've been making have been sort of been quite challenged by it uh, like for example i wanted to get a little outdoor setting for my front yard my front veranda because it's like it's get some nice sun in the afternoon so i was thinking oh you know i'll go spend some money or i might buy like a 300 like egg chair and it looks nice and all this shit. and then and i thought okay maybe i got a bunnings and i could buy a table and chairs and bunnings i could put it together in fact that'd be annoying having to put it together <laughs> and I, you know and like you kind of start to realize what the decision actually means. Like if I want to buy it, I got to get it here. I got to unpack it. I got to clean it. I got to maintain it. All this <laughs> shit starts unfolding, right? Like in the spot, you know, the, in, and, and the more expensive it is, the more you care about it, the more time you want to invest into it. 
And so then I was back in my driveway one day and I noticed my neighbor across the road had, was pulling out all of his back, um, backyard uh, table and chairs and all, all his furniture off out of the back. You know, these like couple of chairs sitting there. And I was like, you know what, fuck it. Like, I, got, I went and asked him, so, hey, what, what are you doing? Are you throwing these away? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not using them anymore. So I went and just got two free chairs from across the road that were, like, just fucking chairs, but that served the same purpose, right? Like, and so didn't need to spend money, didn't need to worry about putting it together. Didn't, I don't really care about its condition. It's just a chair. And I get this, But I sat in the sun with this chair, and it, it served the same purpose. Uh, and I think it just it was a much simpler way to approach what I think I actually wanted at the end. Mm. So I don't know. I'm, sh- I'm sure you've like read about it and thought about it, but I wonder like how much this kind of making life simpler mindset has played into some of your decisions, if any. Mm. Yeah. How's making life simpler? I mean, I, I think I've always liked the idea of minimalism and more so lately. And I think, yeah. the, sorry. I just say, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and of late, I think of the last uh, 12 months in particular, I've made great leaps in that direction um, by moving down the coast um, and not having anything. I was particularly in the house, if you were initially here, there was nothing in here. Don't have a TV um, because I wanted to try to take on holistically the extremity of nothingness, no people. Um, and I also like uh, Socrates, sorry, Seneca talks a lot about the a man alone is, shouldn't be trusted. You have to be a very special person to be trusted. And Nietzsche talks a lot about this idea of complete isolation to really understand your own philosophy. And so you're not influenced by all these other things. Um, I mean, another person uh, called Lucan, who has this philosophy of the other, or this ideology of the other, um, where all our decisions and everything that we're doing is influenced by a bigger sort of social precursor what we believe in morally or subconsciously that aren't necessarily our choices but we're going along with it anyway so it infiltrates and permeates into all our discussions um ralph Waldo emerson says the same thing he goes i he goes every second i get into a chat with my best friend within a second or two this other you know he didn't use that reference but this thing around me influences everything i say Mm -hmm. so complete removal from it i found was horrible though. And I like the the biblical perspective of like, I am of this, I am in this world and not of this world. And I think that was always something I kind of dabbled with thinking about the minimalism and thinking about disconnection from the things that I'm meant to want and the constant desire to have more. Uh, And I'm realizing that neither, like I cannot, you can't completely separate yourself to be in this sense of this meta-reality or, or metaphysics, this other world. Um, what we're talking about here is separating ourselves from this world. Well, we, we can't really do that. We have to be a part of this world. And if we do that, we're going to find suffering. Mm. We're going to find displeasure. So by trying to go, at least I found, by trying to go to the extremity of complete removal from the basic desires that put us in the society that we're in, we feel isolated and segregated. We feel unusual. We feel frustrated with our thoughts because they're against our normal thought processes. And we end up feeling angry at ourselves. We're conflicted. I want this, but I shouldn't want this. Mm-hmm. And we end up in this kind of like this cycle. So, yeah, I guess what I've come down to is there is some balance between the two. Yeah. There's a balance between knowing what you want 
or knowing the limits to what you want and knowing exactly what you need. And then I think what you said really captured the last part of this is there's a Buddhist perspective I like, which is to not be like not become attached to the outcome. So you can have desire, but not be attached to the outcome of that desire. So your desire was to sit in the sun in this awesome egg chair, right? You're your corporate exec motherfucker, you deserve this, right? So think about that, the the ingrained thought processes that has occurred for this, the pre knowledge that you have, you're 30 years old, you've got, you deserve this stuff, that, that language all comes from these preconceived thoughts, I should be out there in the sun. But what is the truth here? Mm. The truth is you want to have some sort of sense of relaxation or fulfillment, or I mean, in essence, we always come back to that from any perspective, but that's kind of what you're looking for. Just mm. in the front, you let go of the outcome by realizing what the overall thing that you wanted was. You just wanted to sit in the sun. So you took the advantage of your neighbor and you grabbed those chairs and you sat in the sun, you got your reward. Seneca thinks as well that we suffer twice. We suffer once from the thing when it actually occurs and then second in the mind. Often the second is the more sinister. And that's what we end up doing by hanging on to these desires. If we end up not having to, if we end up pursuing the desires completely and we fall short, then we're putting ourselves through constant suffering. If we're willing to be loose, take opportunities as they come, but still desire for good, then we're going to be happier as we go, being able to let go. So, I mean, that's kind of what I've come down to. And it's easy to say because you can get so caught up with do, do, do that you forget yeah. to stop. So I, I'm, and like I heard Tim Ferris and Brene Brown have a podcast the other day. And one of their points they said was they actually penciled out time to do this. So this is like your prayer time, like your spiritual time, your meditation versus your actual, like, what am I going to do tomorrow? Like my anxiety inducing shit. And I think this mm -hmm. is where it comes to being like, I am in the world and I am of the world. Like I am like both not here and here. I don't know if that makes sense, but like the Buddhist perspective is like, yeah, you've got to have desires, but you've also got to be willing to let go of them. And it's a cop out answer, but it's finding the balance between the two. At least that's what I've found for myself. So uh, interesting when you think when you said that you kind of went down to Molly Mork, you know, stripped life back a fair bit, you know, took TV, took things out of your life that were you felt cluttering it, and but it didn't it didn't have that freeing effect on you. You felt as you know it, it was it was difficult. I forget the word you used, but it sounded like almost as if I'm not going to say anxious, but there was this like jitteriness to like not having all that stuff around. But it sounds like that's connected to what you said in terms of, I think what you said, Seneca said it, like when you sort of, you have, you, there's, you know, the initial things when you get what you want, but then the, the, the battle in the mind, it sounds like the battle in your mind was more the thing that was, was difficult in terms of embracing the freedom from the simplicity. Is, is that, is that kind of how you felt? Uh, yeah, I will. So I think that all our all our senses and everything going on is about reducing the amount of information coming in. And when we have a lot of things distracting us, it's easy to reduce that amount of information. When I get rid of all the distractions, I'm fine. I need to. Your mind ends up looking for something else to latch onto. Yeah. And so without the things around, it's really difficult 
And the things include people. This is why I think we're social. I, I tried to push myself away from this so that I could feel invincible, basically. Like, mm -hmm. I don't need people, so to speak. And then obviously ignorant, but I just wanted to check to see if I could do it. But that was the hardest suffering is not having somebody else to know that you're alive with, the having other people to, to bounce off. So not just not having things, but not having any distractions. Mm. So not having, you know, like you said, TV, but not having people, um, not having the internet for a period. Just like it was the suffering that came from it is solitary confinement. And it's in a way that is self-imposed, but um, I don't know if I can describe it it wasn't as because I'm well through a lot of the anxiety and depression and those looping thoughts. I'm well through a lot of that. Like I'm not sitting here miserable. I think that's part of it. I think or miserable in my mind. I physic you physically don't feel capable. You feel hormonally drained. If you know mm -hmm. what I mean. It's mm -hmm. not like there's anything physically wrong. You've slept well. You've eaten well. You've looked after yourself. But you are just there's nothing. There's no energy. There's no spirit. And you don't like it. And it was part of the lesson is in going, wow, shit. <laughs> okay, it, it, this is what I fear. Okay, this is pretty gnarly, but I'm alive and I can do this. I have nothing. Okay, if I end up being broke and fucked up, then it's all good. So it makes me feel more audacious to take more risks. Mm. Um, bit of a segue with it, but yeah. No. So I don't know if that kind of answers the question, but it wasn't like looping thoughts. It was more just emptiness. Why do you think then we sort of like, like I read these very idealistic books, like this philosophy of walking and they you know, talks about these people is like the cynic, like it takes, takes away all the things of the world, but he feels free. What do you think it's a more representative of our culture that we struggle as people when we go into times where we strip back everything? Like you went into that sort of quite stripped back experience you know, this kind of, the cynic's talking about feeling free, you know, and you, in, in, and even in his experience, like when they, when they're alone by themselves without people around, there still seems to be quite a positive mindset that is adopted by, by, you know, these idealists, if you will, in those situations, you know, like you talked about it before, that when that's sort of other person, when you, you know, that, that dialogue sometimes in your head that occurs and there's a niceness to hearing that voice, but, I guess the question I'm sort of curious: Do you think is it is it more indicative of the fact that we've grown up in a very connected, noisy culture that when we go into these extremes of of cutting life back, it becomes super difficult? Whereas perhaps you know, two thousand years ago or whatever it was, it wasn't so noisy. So that transition into a a cynic mindset, so to speak, was a bit easier? Or do you think maybe it's a person, I think probably personality thing, maybe it's a bit of both. Like I think maybe it's just individuals struggle differently. But I mean, you've got to think it's got to be how we've been raised to be so connected all the time, I think, as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I you know, nature versus nurture. I do completely agree. I think if I was a Buddhist monk and I got to do this, that would be a piece of cake. Not piece of cake. Yeah. But, you know, it'd be much easier having a support right. system. But you could argue that in anything, right? If you've got a support system, we're we're pretty inclined to be okay. And then the next question, I guess, from that is: Is that an ingrained thing? Do we have a support system because it's a na nature thing, or is it a yeah, nature it's thing? Yeah, a nature thing, right? And, yeah. and I definitely think it's a nature thing now. 
um, okay. like a hundred percent. There are some things that our bio, we, like you can't, it's, you can't fool physiology. It is very difficult to fuck around with biology. It's going to win. Mm -hmm. So like there is a hormonal thing that definitely triggers like to, to, to bring it down a peg here, being in this town where the most regular ads are for dentures and core working walkers. Um, when I come out to Sydney and I just see beautiful women around, the energy that comes into my system just from seeing like beautiful women around. And it doesn't have to be beautiful women. It could just be beautiful people. Just yeah. like, I just go, oh, like, and it just, it makes me, and people together, it makes me start feeling this like life thing kicks in. <coughs> so I do think there's a bit of a societal thing in it. Maybe we are a bit addicted to the feeling. Mm -hmm. but the <coughs> sorry <coughs> just to something to, to point out here is that the um the the other isn't necessarily the voice it's the thing that i can't say cunt right but i'm not thinking that word in my head <laughs> i just know that rule and there's thousands of those rules that e exist back there and for the cynic the cynic think of him think of him like a nihilist he's nihilistic yeah and nihilism is the fucking bane of life so like arguably without religion and faith and and arguably very easily you could justify life as being completely worthless um schrodinger no schroeder whatever doesn't matter some there's a very famous nihilistic philosopher talks about like this is all meaningless like mm -hmm. if we get like god is dead because of science it's answering all these questions and therefore because of this it's just pointless nothing matters well there's a bunch like if that is the truth hypothetically, is that really worth it? Like, is believing that really going to give us value in life? And then is searching for the truth really the overall answer? Is that really what we should be doing here? Like getting the right answer? Because if the right answer is that we're all going to die and it's pointless, then what the fuck? This life's going to be shit. Mm. Well, at least if we may as well pretend <laughs> that there's more to it. Like we have a will to power and that Nietzsche's thing. You know, we've got a reason to live and make it make believe that it exists so this the the nihilistic the the cynic has a horrible life because he is not of the world he's saying fuck it fuck it all and there is liberty in that but there is great 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 suffering and you'll find happiness in it but you are not a seeker of truth you're a, like you just repel all things that are difficult it is irresponsible it's very irresponsible kind of approach to life because you just throwing it all away if you want to just you just that's just believing blindly to seek truth means you have to go and analyze and look for things not just be completely cynical i mean only a sith deals in absolutes right like mm. it, it's pure evil to think so holistically <coughs> i want to ask you a question and then i think just come back to that idea about the cynic and and it's quite quite I agree your point it's quite nihilistic but I wonder, given your absence from people for so long, you know, and and your your, your sort of time by yourself, and when you re-entered a world where you saw, let's just say, beautiful people, was it a bit like? I, I wonder if it sort of rose-colored glasses, and then I wonder also, as well, when you started back at corporate, have, you know, you've I'm sure you've encountered the same corporate uh bullshit and politics that that encounters any corporate environment um and, and i just sort of you, you know when you actually 
because I feel like corporate brings to the surface the worst in some people. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, so see corporate people, it's it's like I don't think they're beautiful people. Like, like fuck, I want to get away from you. I don't want to be working with you. I don't want to be exchanging emails or teams chats or whatever like fuck you like i'd rather be i'd rather be isolated than dealing with you um oh yeah and i just wonder like have you found that yes you've missed people but then also there's a part of you goes oh like fuck that's why i spent by myself because oh yeah some people are shit as well (laughs) like oh yeah it's definitely i've definitely found it harder to connect with people okay yeah a deeper level yeah, I think it's partly because, I, in all honesty, maybe I just like I don't have the patience as much. Yeah, is it like is um, like a, a bullshit like tolerance less? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. But in it, I, but I'm saying like I find it difficult to connect with them or my. But I the, the way I respond to it is is I often in that sense. Thankfully, I, I without being arrogant because I don't want to feel like I'm arrogant. Then it's a bit of like um, when somebody teaches, two people learn. I love that. Like, yeah, so it's cool. when I see someone being a fucking twat, even if they're my superior or whatever it is, and you know, I think like that. Um, I t- I'm trying to take it as an opportunity. I almost laugh them off in my head, so I don't let it get to me. But um, I do try to find a way to realize that there was a point to all what I did, and this is what the point. So I you when I see those people acting like that. I, I do feel that same feeling that you're talking about, but I feel pretty invigorated that I've made a good decision. Okay. Um, that I know why I'm here. I know what I'm dealing with you. And furthermore, I actually don't care. I care so much less. Actually, that's probably a better way to think about it. I really do care a lot less, even though they might annoy me and I might, it's probably more the intimate relationships. That's probably gets more frustrating to me. I'm not able to connect as intimately, mm. but individuals on a, on a work level, I really, I've, I've never cared less. Like, not like I don't, give a fuck about them i'm just like you can be as mean or upset i just got a thing to do like you can act however you want to act water off my back like i'm i'm totally carrie's always telling me how many how little fucks i give it's not little fucks i give i just you're just another person i'm talking to and i'm sure if you got to know me that i will blow your mind that i am the nicest most awesome human that you've ever met so i got full confidence here baby you just give me five minutes to talk to you i'll be sweet do you think you've you've built that like it's, it's almost like more self-confidence in a corporate environment like you know to, to let things roll off your back you need to not yeah the subtle art of not giving a fuck effectively knows what you give a fuck <laughs> about, right like yeah that's, that's the premise um and, and it sort of sounds like you sort of you know what to give a fuck about do you think now that i guess it, are you better at that because you've spent time by yourself going all right, this is what I feel, believe, you know, I've, I've worked through some emotions and some, and, 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 and some psychology, you know, some, some mental games I've played with myself. I've bet I've come out of the other side of it from this sort of top period of isolation. You know, do you think re-entering now you're like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm in a different place having gone somewhere that you said was quite difficult to go to. I, I mean, I, I would be, the I would be a massive hypocrite and the bane of my existence if I didn't learn from every experience that was thrown at me. Yeah. Right. So I think absolutely, and maybe the better 
better question is how do you see it on the adverse like looking in from the outside it's very difficult to be um, objective when i'm subjective or maybe even how do you see it comparatively do you see, hear any language that i'm saying differ from you going through similar experiences it's, it, it sounds familiar like i feel in this corporate job that i have put up with more bullshit than i would have put up with previously and I think it is a reprioritize, it's a reorientation of priorities where I know why I'm there. And I, but I think it's not, it's different for us, but for me and you, like I'm, I'm at work to pay a mortgage and because I have a family and, and I love being a dad and I have these responsibilities that drive meaning in my life. Whereas interesting for you to be able to feel like you're in a corporate environment, take the bullshit and not, not have those responsibilities driving you mm. like i feel like we've put it both matured to a similar outcome but perhaps gone there in a different route um and i i think it's a lesson to me to see that you can perhaps get there without responsibility because i do think responsibility drives a lot of meaning for people mm. when they don't know what to do um and so i definitely think as I sort of, as you, as you've been talking, it does sound like that period of isolation has, yeah, refined you a little bit. That allows you to sort of, yeah, come back into it, dealing with people in a different, in a more self-assured way. Yeah, I think I think that's what I'm kind of getting. Mm. Yeah. It's um it, it does sound though like it's almost been a bit freeing for you in that sense. And I guess like coming back like sort of the cynic concept, like I totally agree with what you're saying. Like if you live it out in its extremities, it's nihilistic, it's this complete abdication of responsibility. But in the same sense that you know, if you think about what you've done the last let's call it year or whatever because you I mean yeah almost over a year because you're you're at Canberra by yourself for six months there as well right mm. you know you've you've been in a time of isolation you've been in a time when you've, you've cut things out of your life people you know uh, objects in your life things tv whatever it is um and it's been hard, but it's been also been freeing in the sense that now you've, you've come back to things that you used to struggle with and you're more free in those things. Um, and, I, and, and it just, I don't know, I feel like I'm trying to draw a parallel between the idealistic cynic to what perhaps your cynic, inverted commas, experience has been where you have a similar outcome of a bit more free yeah i mean when i every i've never heard a good connotation of a cynic before um so i guess when i doing what i when i was doing what i did now it was on the back of a lot of buddhist stuff okay yeah it was a back so i might maybe that's why it's hard to draw that direct connection i think and I found like, I love this book called Synchronicity and helped me have a belief again in something higher, more spiritual in life. It's just putting meaning behind the things that happen in life. It's 
superfluous and they're meant to happen for you, you know? And one day I'm like setting up this company called Your Balance and I see this sign right in front of me as I'm walking past saying, start Your Balance. I'm like, no fucking way. And like a total mum moment. Um, I forget what I was getting at with this. What was your question? I guess the freedom you've, you've felt coming from this period of isolation into back into your back into a life that you probably never thought you'd go back into with corporate right yeah and yeah yeah talking about how you're more driven i think from a buddhist mindset than a than a cynics mindset that's right yeah sorry and so i using that that buddhist perspective the ideology of like there is purpose there is niceness there's goodness we're all yep. interconnected like it's not about truth i think this is where you come back to with it it's, yeah. it, it's about identifying a philosophy for life that best suits you what methods and practices are you taking that you know, are serving your life best. And so it's like, how have I um, found, kind of, I mean, I just, I feel like I'm always learning from this stuff. I don't feel like I have learned anything. I feel like this, every time I'm learning something new with this, that's why it's hard for me to answer this question. Every time I learn something new with this, I find there's a shit ton more I don't know. And yeah. then I feel more disconnected from people around me. And maybe that disconnection is what you're talking about when you're discussing the cynic kind of perspective. I guess I am being cynical on other people's points of view. I am, I, but I, I don't even, I don't like that because I, every, at some point, every man is my teacher. I, I really want to listen and try to understand. But mm. like you said, choosing what to give a fuck about. Um, and I guess how much of that is the work that we've done and how much of that is just time? I mean, obviously yeah. we have to be a special type of person to do this stuff. And like to actually be considerate. And the amount of people I've met that do not do it are incredible or say they do it and never do it. And for years and years, never change. It's, it's scary. Mm. But like, you know what gives me the biggest kick about doing this kind of stuff is actually fucking doing it. Like, I am a hero to me. Like, I, like I'm motherfucking Moses on the mountain. Like, I'm going up in the damn storm. Like, I'm venturing out. That's how yeah. I want to view myself. I always love Batman and all these superheroes. Like, and I should view myself as a superhero. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I'm saying that. I think I'm fucking awesome just on my own level. Yeah, and yeah. So, like, I view this stuff as, like, when I'm done this thing and it sucks and I hate myself and I go through this shit, this is me kind of tasting the grass on the other side. I know what it's like to be a Christian. I know what it's like to be an atheist. I know what it's like to be spiritual and not. I know what it's mm -hmm. like to stay up all night for weeks and suffer from one perspective. Mm -hmm. And the lessons I've learned enable me to have these conversations much better. So... Like after the divorce, the first thing that kind of went wrong, everything from that point has been a degree of suffering that I want to in almost intentionally tail tailor for myself so that I can learn. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe that's the kick, you know, like, uh, do you find the same thing? Like half of the, the, the vibrata, the uh, whatever, the energy I get from this kind of shit is <laughs> the fact that I've done this kind of shit. And then that permeates into my, the rest of my life. Yeah, I think I think we talk about a lot this whole idea about the, the the true hunter's goal is not the not the prize. The true hunter's goal is to hunt. They live to hunt, and I think in that sense, the the hunt mm. is you know where you get the most from it from 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 life. Mm. And I think, to, but to, in, in in going a little bit deeper in that, I think to your point, it's this it's the suffering that is a foregone conclusion in the hunt, you know, and it's, it's that sort of embracing of the fact that it's going to get worse before it gets better, but it's going to 
it's going to always be a little bit or you know it's always you're always going to have some level of suffering mm. in your life in any way shape or form but i think in that sense when you're embracing the heart you're almost embracing the suffering and so when you look back on the things that you've like in you've learned and i look back on things that i've sort of gone through the last you know 10 years or whatever I still struggle at times to like look at the shit experiences and go, oh yeah, like, and and have a, or you know, a, a, a truth, if you will, about why that occurred. And I think we feel that we need to sometimes. I certainly do, but I know it's not essential. But I think the more you can look at the suffering as just an a part of what you do like a part of every stage in your life and then that you learn from the suffering as best you can you and you continue on the hunt and i think and i think in that eventually you be more free because the more you learn from the suffering the less the suffering bothers you and i think the more free you can become at least mentally and so i guess in getting to a in getting to a prize or an outcome it's not very freeing but through the journeys probably where you find that freedom and i guess where i said come back to that concept of freedom a little bit but i do feel like you've gone through you know this this long journey since your divorce even and you're sort of i think peering up the the other side right now and it does feel like you're in a more free state in your life um and i think you've on the, the point i guess i'm trying to get at is you're only more free because you've had the suffering uh and you've gone through the hunt um and i think but you're you're you seem to be quite okay with that having happened does that um i guess i think it makes some sense <clears throat> maybe i'll i guess to rephrase it's like i'm I've kind of, I'm totally okay with all the things that have happened in the past. And through that absolution, I feel really confident about today and the suffering that'll come up. Mm, mm. Um, I think it's worth noting, maybe in your head uh, for yourself too, think about the things that you have gone through that you are now very happy and over it. And you're very happy to talk about without stirring any emotion there's got to be some things in there minor things even like the little wins are so important and mm. then like we look at these huge things we want to feel like we can get through and we you know, you know why can't we get through it and we look at that as holistically and we say oh i can never get through this stuff well you are getting through a lot of it and to say that i've gotten through all of it is not true at all right like i'm still caught up with understanding like i'm annoyed the fact i've got this perspective about sex and now that i'm liberated i'm still skewed up in my head around how to deal with this thing that that's always been confusing for me as a mm -hmm. young adult and so i'm like fuck it's been 20 years and i'm still not, not through that completely but i will happily talk all day about, about christianity about my divorce about anything else that might seem a really hard topic and that for me tells me that that means i've gotten through something yeah, yeah. i don't feel it stir me i don't feel it irk me i'm not i don't think about it randomly in the shower and i go fuck you know, yeah, like yeah. those awkward moments. And everybody has those, right? Like normally they last a week or two where you said something stupid and then you just forget about it a week or two later. 
but yeah, I, I don't think they're ever completely gone, man. Like, so I don't think I'm through it. I don't think I'm on. I, I think I've, I've, I'm so blessed and happy. And even my psychiatrist, I gotta say, psychiatrist, um, said to me, you know, like I've had to reestablish the person I was, complete new foundation on here I am, and I should be proud of what I've done. And I am proud of that. And it might look like I'm coming out of the end, but I was already here when I was before this stuff. You know, like I was already feeling happy. Now, unfortunately, as a byproduct of this work, it makes me realize that this will never end, that this <laughs> thing will be a constant uh, snowball of tragedy. And it is how I decide to view and interpret that tragedy. Is this a traumatic, traumatic event? Only from my viewpoint. And I can determine if it's something horrible. Yeah, so, yeah. I think there's the two lessons from here on suffering is going to be way easier. I came, I, I thought I'd read this from somewhere, but I'm pretty damn sure I came with myself. But, um, the measure of a person is how they suffer. And I like, I think that is totally it. So the how, like during mm -hmm. your suffering, the mm -hmm. only way you get better at that is by remembering those little things that you kicked ass at now that you can talk about. Yeah. Going, well, remember that. Yeah. Well, fuck. So mine was all front and center. I had no choice. Everybody mm -hmm. had to know about mine. It was just a blessing in disguise. So now it's like, well, shit, this thing's happening. I don't mind talking to people about it. Why? Because it says I'm getting through it. And that's my healing process. Yeah. And I, that's how I'm better at suffering. And then those things that last for years, like the sex thing with Christianity, that's not going to happen for the stuff that's happening in my 30s because I'm well established for it. I'd like to think. But fuck, I don't have a fucking clue. Like everything yeah, is yeah, yeah. right? And like in a year's time, my perspectives can completely shift. Like a year ago, I was full-blown stoic. And now I'm trying to understand that if I'm constantly suffering, then how do I enjoy life? Mm. Ah, like, how do I be completely detached, just like you're talking about, which is such a good point. And I've been struggling with it for ages. How do I become the cynic and be detached from the things that cause me problems while still motivated and pursuing life and have a family and the things that, that bring joy? How do I be a part of this society? Yeah, this is a never-ending yeah. game, right? Yeah. And I... I yeah, the only thought I th just to add on is I think what can help the getting through the suffering, how a man suffers, is is that sort of sim you know simplistic you know, you know you just inverted commas cynic, but not like a full blown cynic, but like that sort of if I can understand what i need really really need to get to the suffering then i then i make it easier on myself if i don't need to have all this shit in my life to complicate my my already difficult existence mm. then it can make it, it can simplify my existence and simplify the fact that tomorrow might be you know there might be more suffering in my life tomorrow that i don't know but i but if i today if i can think about ways in which I don't need to make things more complicated then i can move in a direction get through the suffering enjoy the journey enjoy the hunt you know in a, in a i guess easy is probably not the right term but like you know in a more focused way that allows me to deal with the problem at hand rather than having to you know worry about all these other things i need to buy or places i need to go and see or you know people that i need to meet or that kind of shit. like yeah that you know you need to be in the world and you need to find a way to enjoy it. But at the same time, you got to find a line where it's like, I need to figure out what I don't need at the same time mm -hmm. to help me get through the fact that life is just going to be tough at times. Maybe thinking, I think too, it's like, 
I guess something I wish I thought about more when I started freeing up on my time and space was like, what would you do with the freeze time? Mm. You know, like, um, so what? <laughs> like, not just knowing the limits, but knowing exactly what you need. And then what would you do once you've got it all set? Like, once you're satiated, what are you going to do? What are you, what are you, where are your thoughts going to go? What are you going to spend your time doing? Mm. And how will you manage the, the emptiness and the quietness? What will be your your substitute? How will you exist in this new way of existing? No, it's, I mean, that's the sort of ultimate retirement question, right? What happens when you finish work and retire? Fucking A, right? That's why we're never doing this. That's why we're, we're never, we can't do this. Yeah, we're, too, we're too alert to understand now. <laughs> we're too made aware of this. It's just too mm -hmm. scary. Like COVID probably scared the shit out of everybody with being home that long and really understanding what retirement it feels like. What it's going to be, right? Yeah. 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 But, well, um, go on. I was just going to say, I probably have to wrap up in a minute. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I feel like I've done all the talking. No, I think, I think, I think it's been interesting because you, that sort of quote that I, I guess I started with, and I guess, Although you're not a cynic, I think you've lived a bit of a cynic's life for the last mm. year in 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 not an absolute nihilism, but you know, in a simplified approach to life, in in isolating yourself, in, in you know putting things away. And it was interesting to get your perspective on. It's like it's not all sunshine and rainbows when you put yourself in a room by yourself with nothing else. It gets yeah. fucking hard. But I do like appreciate your journey that it's like, it's definitely, yeah, I definitely think in the last year, like, do you, I mean, did I ever think you'd get back into corporate? Like I said, no, there's no way you'd ever want to step foot in the back in a corporate job, but I haven't seen like your, your reaction to working with Kerry and at Deloitte's now, it's like, you seem in such a better place about it uh, and just seem so much more okay with it versus when you're at Combat, you fucking hated it. Um, and and I and I I would say I think your experience has allowed you to to be more free in your corporate suffering, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, I, I think so. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, I think it has. Yeah, cool. But um, if you'd um if you'd asked me if I'd ever do it again, I would absolutely never, ever, ever do it again. <laughs> ever, not to any. I can't wait to go to TV back. I can't wait to have people around. I can't wait to, the one thing I would keep is having like less shit, like having no, like the bookshelf in the back of yours, like that gives me anxiety now. Like having yeah, nothing yeah. around is really nice. It's the only, yeah. everything else, I can't fucking wait to hang out with everyone, but it, it has, will change how I will consume those things. Yeah. Well, I'd never yeah. do it again. So don't, don't ever think that you're missing out on something, maybe a lesson, but I'm sure you'll figure it out without this. This, is, this sucked. <laughs> It's um. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for organizing it. Send me send me the audio, and I will put it up. I wonder if I can stop recording from here. I don't think I can. All right, I will send this to you. I should send it to you in a Google link. Let me end it. And this is re 